Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of your favorite podcast that rarely updates on time, Hodge Hodge. I am your one of your hosts. I'm one of your hosts. Corrected myself that time. And I am the crow. Yes. And man, what is it? How does it feel? How does it feel to be back? It feels more hype than when you go to the bar and find yourself drinking with Yami Yugi. It feels more hype than when you wake up on Christmas Day and discover that your parents remembered to buy you Christmas presents this year. It feels more hype than when you go to Subway and they actually have fucking bread. It feels very hype. Huh, I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> Could it be that we're going to talk about our most hyped and anticipated games of all time? Seems plausible given our track record. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's where the trajectory of this episode's going. Welcome everybody. It's so good to be back. As we've said numerous times, it's good to be back in the saddle again. <laughs> We've been dismounted from said saddle many times, but like a truly respectable cowboy, we keep getting back in the saddle. And in the spirit of that, we're going to ride this ride off into the sunset of the Wild Frontiers, which brings us to Rancher Rave. Man, okay, we got a lot to talk about. And similarly, we have a lot to talk about in Rancher Rave. Crow, what are your thoughts on season one of Apex Legend? That just dropped out. First, let's, yeah, let's let's back up a second and just mention the fact that Apex Legends dropped out of nowhere. The I think the game's been pretty good so far. It had one of the smoothest rollouts of any game I've ever seen. I mean, it came out, had very few bugs, very little fanfare, no marketing campaign. It's really miraculous that it's a success, but it is. And it blew up really hard too. Like, and I've been told this from one of my friends for years now that I should get and play Titanfall two. And it's not that I've been sleeping on the game. It's just that I'm like really sure it'll be on PS plus at some point. So I'm like, you know, trying not to waste my money on something that I'm positive will be free. Um, but that, that aside, um, apex is made by the same developers of Titanfall two and probably one, I assume. (laughs) Yeah, Respawn Entertainment. Um, they're actually really, they got a good track record. Uh, they were actually made up of the remnants of the team from Infinity Ward who made the original Modern Warfare games, which are awesome games. And uh, I recently bought Titanfall 2 and really enjoy it. And the similarities between Titanfall 2 and Apex Legends, I mean, they're they're very similar games because they're running in the same engine. But Apex Legends is a great game. They just released their first season and as far as a battle pass goes um i don't know how i feel about it uh i think it's it's good because like you don't have to buy the battle pass and you can still get like a lot of junk from it but the grind the grind is so real it takes about thirty thousand experience to get one level in the battle pass and there's a hundred of them so yeah, I think somebody on the development team did the math and they claimed it was going to be like 100 hours to complete the entire battle pass for season one, which I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I've never done a battle pass for a game before. 
Um, obviously I'm not a big fan of Fortnite, but I will say this, you know, for all the, for all the issues that I have with Fortnite, their battle passes get a lot of love from the community. It seems like, and that's something that, um, you know, as much as we've enjoyed apex, it seems like the season one battle pass is a little bit lacking in comparison. Yeah. And I know that this is something that they're going to iterate and improve upon. I mean, I really feel like this is kind of just a trial for them and they're seeing how it goes. But I mean, the new character that they brought into the game is awesome. Uh, you love him and I love him as well, even though I haven't unlocked him yet. He seems like an awesome character, uh, Octane. Uh, he's got some cute little Easter eggs about his character that refer to or reference My Hero Academia. But anyway, I, I mean, it costs what, $9, about $9 for the battle pass for the the cheapest version you can get in a special version that gives you like the first 25 levels for free. I'm just going to go ahead and take a, I think that this is a rave just for apex legends. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, pretty much everything that we like about overwatch and everything that we dislike about Fortnite. Um, they put the two together. Like we're going to have just a straight up shooter battle royale game that doesn't have the, you know, the quirky building and the, and the, um, third person perspective, like it's first person. But then you also have a few ability, or I mean, each character has their own abilities that kind of can completely change the, the playing field. And in my case, like you mentioned, I really like octane because he, he can speed things up and make it a lot easier to jump into battle, escape from battle, just move around quickly. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, raving right now over apex legends the game and not as much apex legends for the battle pass that's fair we're both excited to see where it's going to go though anyway on that note um jordan peele you know of the comedic duo key and peele uh he has recently went had a foray into movie directing for like horror movies and so he had critical acclaim with his first horror movie that he released which was get out um, really interesting movie. Enjoyed it. And then recently he released his second horror movie, I believe. And his name is us. Its name is us. And I saw that uh, a couple days ago and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting. And I mean that kind of in a good way. Uh, it's not done in the sense of a traditional horror movie, I kind of, I don't want to get into spoiler territory and I'm not going to, I'll just simply say, I recommend you go and watch it. Uh, it's a pretty good movie and it's unique. I'll put it that way. I just want to keep it brief. It's a rave for me. So if you get a chance, go to see us. Yep. I'm in the probably minority at this point that has yet to see it. And I say, I say that almost ironically because it just came out like Friday, I believe of last week. Um, but most everybody that's wanted to see it, like has already seen it. Um, the friends that I was going to see it with, like went on dates to see it. So I kind of got left out on that. But I mean, just from the commercials I've seen, you know, I think like get out was kind of, you know, you, you could spend all day dissecting the movie for, you know, scholarly purposes and what have you, but you could argue that get out was mostly about race. Whereas, whereas us seems to be more about, the classist divide I want to say and that's just the impression I get from the uh, from the trailers I've seen yeah without getting into the themes of the movie too much I, I it's interesting to me 
you know, you can definitely see his or Jordan Peele's like influences. They really show up in this movie. Like I was expecting a full on horror movie. And what I got was an interesting fusion of comedy with horror. Uh, There was a surprising amount of comedic relief in the movie. And I know that that would turn some people off. Uh, It can kind of deter from the immersion maybe of the horror aspect, but I actually, I I had a good time with it. I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to watching it a second time. It's a rave. Go and see it on that note. uh, Continuing on with this. (laughs) I know, I know crow is going to love this because he's a huge fan of Apple, but I recently bought a pair of AirPods and I cannot I, this is the first, I think this is the first topic I've included in Ranter Rave that I am truly split down the middle on. I mean, I absolutely do not. It's a love-hate relationship with these things. First of all, I'm broke because they're expensive. Secondly, uh, I'm not really sure. I see the complete appeal of the convenience of these things. Like it's awesome to just be able to flip the case open and put these wireless earbuds in and they just automatically connect and it's magical. Like the process is magical. But the thing is I have really weirdly shaped ear canals, I guess. Um, and so I must be in the minority on this because these things almost fall right out of my ears. So I see people working out with these things at the gym all the time. And I don't know how that's even possible because they just fall right out. So I don't know if I can actually recommend them to people, but I see the appeal of them. I see that they're very convenient and it seems like the future of where earbuds and just audio file, audio quality headphones are going. So, so is this a rant or a ray from you? That's, that's what I'm saying. It's straight down the middle. Like I want to, I'm rant. I'm ranting about the fact that I am genetically shafted in my ears <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm raving about the convenience of these AirPods. So I'll leave it there. All righty. And I'm sure this isn't going to surprise you at all. Um, the only rave that I have this, this week is about a mobile game of all things. I know we've spent a fair amount of time shit talking mobile games for good reason, but I was able to actually find one that I am enjoying to an unhealthy degree. Final Fantasy Dissidia Opera Omnia, or I guess Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia, however they order that. Um, It's a mobile game, obviously, by the creators of Final Fantasy, and it's just been a blast for me. Um, You can play with online... uh, competitor well i guess teammates in this case uh fighting monsters getting loot recruiting characters trying to max out your your character's stats and weapons and there's just a ton to do and they've got so many characters from so many series right now i'm I'm perfecting the warrior of light just because i happen to luck out with his ex weapon which will make sense if any of our many listeners happen to play the game many many listeners Yes, if not, I just wasted about a minute of your time, for which I apologize. I, uh, I've, I've mentioned to you that if I'm going to give a mobile game a chance, it would be this one. And I did download it briefly. I was a little bit 
turned off by just how many downloads there were in the game. I know that you don't have to download them all at the same time, but it's actually a pretty big game. (laughs) It takes up a lot of space if you download all of it. So uh, I might revisit it soon, but as for right now, I haven't really played it. So I'll take your word on that. Well, and one thing that I really appreciate about the game is that as opposed to a few of the other mobile games I've actually tried out, it doesn't push microtransactions like right in your face. Like they're present, they're available, but for me, they're so ridiculously expensive that I, I'm not even bothered by it. And the fact that I have to go out of my way to like find those microtransactions means that it's very accessible for people that are only doing it free to play. And it's still available if you want to reduce the grind a little bit and have money to throw around. That's certainly a plus. That gives me more motivation rather to actually try it again or give it a shot. Yeah, I'd recommend it. And if you do, add me as a friend and I'll help you grind. Will do, buddy. Will do. All right. With that, I think we can move in to our week in review. Yeah, that was nice. Nice. That's going to be real easy to sync up in the post recording. Uh, so <laughs> with game announcements. Okay. So we had Konami. Yeah. Um, you know, that hashtag still going by the way. So <laughs> if you want to go and post fuck Konami, that's still a thing. Um, Free Kojima. So, yeah. Um, so Konami actually announced some anniversary collections that they're going to release. And believe it or not, a lot of uh, fans are actually pretty excited and happy about this. They announced an arcade classics bundle, a Castlevania bundle, and a Contra bundle. Those are all going to be releasing at different times throughout this year. No Metal Gear bundle. How conspicuous. No, no Metal Gear bundle. I wonder why that is. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Castlevania, those games are awesome. And so I'm actually a little bit compelled to buy the Castlevania bundle and Contra is a hard as nails game. Uh, if you've never played it, it was actually a game that made the Konami code famous because it was one of the only ways you could actually get past the first freaking level. That's how hard of a game it was. But anyway, point being they're releasing those throughout the year. So yeah, you know, I don't know if you want to support them, maybe get them secondhand. Don't, don't pay for it at a retail store. I don't know. Who knows who buys anything at retail stores these days, Amazon, whatever you do, you do you. It's actually, it's not, it's not in our outline, but uh, I'm sure you've probably seen the PlayStation or Sony rather is uh, pulling the digital codes out of like physical retailers uh, stores. So you're not going to be able to buy, you know, digital codes for their games anymore. And I believe that, GameStop fired back with, okay, well, we're not going to sell digital codes anymore, which would also eliminate, um, I believe, Microsoft and, you know, PC games and stuff like that, if that's the case. I I only saw part of that. I saw that Sony made that comment, but I didn't see that GameStop had a retort for it. So that's news to me. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read too much into it. So they might have just been responding strictly to Sony, but it wouldn't surprise me either way, just given the fact that GameStop pretty much derives all of its profits from used games. 
So I don't feel like the digital code industry is helping it out like in the slightest. <laughs> no, not really. So it's kind of killing the whole point of their uh, industry of their retail. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see where that little spat goes. And then also, I mean, moving on to probably one of the bigger things that's happened in the past couple of weeks, Google's jumping in the gaming sector like officially they're going to do a game streaming service it's called google stadia or stadia i don't really know how to pronounce it i didn't look too deep into it i did see this though i don't know if you saw they announced the minimum speeds you needed like internet connection wise to effectively stream these games and would you believe that i don't reach those minimum speeds where i live i know that's a shock it's like I think it was like for 1080p 30 frames per second, it's a minimum of, I don't know, it was like 25 megabits per second. I don't have 25 megabits per second, so I'm not going to be able to do this. Although it's not going to matter because I don't trust Google with this, really. Uh, They've dumped so many services over the years that nothing about this gives me confidence that they're actually going to stay in this market for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm also a Sony diehard at this point. So, you know, I'm open to the possibility of new platforms, new consoles, new services, but it's not something I'm uh, looking at with eyes of, ooh, this is going to be a huge thing for forever. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, Google has the resources and the money to make it work if they truly want to. But like you say, they've been flaky over the years. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see. And finally, we finally got the uh, the long-anticipated revelation of what R means in Persona 5 R. Persona 5 Ryuji was officially announced. For real? <laughs> really? <laughs> Persona 5 The Royal was announced and I see in the outline you put announced with Fem C. I don't think that's been, that's not verified. It's not, um, but I'm hoping that's, that's my bias. I, I don't, I don't think like I'm, I'm like 75% sure that it's not a female main character. Like it'll be an additional social link for sure. But just given her narration, because I think she was asked like her opinion of the Phantom Thieves and she just starts shit talking them. Um, I don't think she she she's not going to be a protagonist just based on how different her exchange was versus what it would have been like from Akira Ren. Is it so wrong for me to want a female main character? I mean, the female main character from Persona 3 was awesome. They need to do that again. I need it. Look, man, I'm right on the same page with you. Like, how many of us haven't dreamed of wifing up Yusuke at some point? I get it. Oh. I'm just saying I don't think this particular character is a femc. I was dreaming about wifing up. Wait, wifing up? You said? <laughs> yeah, what well, would it make more sense to say hubbying up? Uh, I, hub, hubbying up. I was dreaming about hubbying up Igor. I don't know what you were talking about. I wanted that Look, nose. We've all been dreaming about Igor, but we just got to accept that he's never going to happen. If he hasn't happened after five games, it's just... 
you got to hold out hope. Anyway, How majestic it would have been though. The nose knows. Welcome to the velvet room. Ah, see, our tangent game is still strong here. Margaret, your services are no longer required. Wrong game, buddy. But yeah, Margaret, Margaret was the best attendant. Fight oh, me. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Game releases. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. That came out. I'm getting it. I was going to get it the day it came out. Life happened. I didn't get it, but I'm going to get it. And then also, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, um, Devil May Cry 5. That came out. Oh, and also, not in the outline, but kind of relevant since the last uh, podcast episode we did. Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. That came out. Yeah, that came out. You're going to hear about Evil that. Resident Evil 2 remake. You're going to hear about that later. <laughs> not Resident Evil 2. Spoiler. Uh,. And then our, okay, so patch notes. Oh, God, we got a lot here. How are we going to do this? Okay, so Dead by Daylight, right? Yeah, we're going to rush through this. Okay, Dead by Daylight, Chapter 11 came out, Demise of the Faithful, Plague as the Killer. Uh, I know you've got something to say about Jane as the survivor. What do you think about Plague? I think she's awesome. I've, surprisingly, I actually have not played with Plague just yet. I've played against her, and... You know, it's a really uh, vindicating feeling to be running for your life and getting vomited on. Yeah, love that. Yes, I think that her design is sick. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, but really, she's got a good design. And the gameplay mechanics that she introduces, they're pretty diverse. Uh, you You can really change the Survivor game up significantly with just her basic kit. But I haven't seen what her add ons do, but she's a cool killer. And Jane, I'm not really a fan of Jane, but she's got some interesting perks. You're a fan of Jane. Thick. <laughs> she's very thick. thick. She's super thick, like scarily thick almost. And uh, she's got a perk. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's really funny. You can get in the locker and as long as you're in there for like three seconds, you can pop out and it blinds the killer. I think that's awesome. You stun the killer. Oh, I thought it was like blinding him whatever not like you like a killer has to be like within certain distance from the locker and you like basically rush the killer and stun him i think it's funny and it like makes basement so much more enjoyable (laughs) i i unfortunately haven't even tried that one yet but i'm excited to sell too very funny videos on youtube about it already it's great all right next update we got baptiste in overwatch yeah, and I, I I actually haven't played with him that much, so that's that's your deal. I, he he's, he looks fun, but I've been enjoying him. He's like a cross between Soldier uh, seventy six and Anna, um, which I suck with Anna. I'm okay with Soldier. I'm probably better with Baptiste than both of them, to be honest. So yeah, I've been enjoying him. Yeah, that happened, and then. We already talked about Octane, but is there anything you want to add real quick about Octane? He's got an interesting person. I like his personality, and he's got a really strong ability. Like, I think his abilities are great. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, w- I would say, he, like, in my opinion, next to Lifeline, he's probably got, like, the strongest, uh, like, normal passive or whatever. Um, his, his ult doesn't feel, like, as big as some of the characters, but it's still cool, still fun. Just not, like game changing when it really counts 
but no. that's not why people use him to begin with. So it's fine. I, I agree with those points. His, his speed boosting passive is awesome or his speed boosting ability and his like slow healing is it's awesome. So he's, yeah. a, he's a good legend. Since yeah. uh, since we already got three of the biggest online pastimes of ours in here, we might as well go ahead and add Diablo. Um, they they just had I don't remember what season they're on now. Season sixteen, I want to say uh, sixteen or seventeen, but whatever it is, um, it is the you know we've done a terrible job at Diablo this season, so I don't remember what the what the season's actually called. But the newest uh, concept that they offer is uh, they reduce one set item needed to complete a set. So basically, long story short, you can have multiple sets going on where you couldn't before. And apparently it's been so game changing that there isn't even like a tier list of the best combos yet because there's so many opportunities right now. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah we've done we've done such a bad job at diablo it's depressing i mean we went so hard on that for the last season and this season i think we're still burned out we got to catch up on that in in all fairness i've been without i had been without um like my playstation for a while i had an incident where my tv got wrecked stupidly um, and I, I had to play remote play for the longest time and playing multiplayer on Diablo was next to impossible. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that was pretty bad. All right. Now let's, let's bum rush the general so we can get on to the main topic. Literally just going to do a fast list. So system shock three, they released a trailer for that. So it is happening. Uh, that'll be awesome. Apple had a slew of announcements, like a ridiculous amount. So new iPad, mini, new iPad air, iMac updates, uh, AirPods second edition, AirPower maybe coming out. Still big question mark on that. Uh, I feel like it's going to come out like before the end of March though. Apple Arcade, that's something that's actually applicable to us. So it's a gaming service. Don't know how much it's going to cost. Keep you updated on that. Uh, Apple TV. So they got like TV streaming services they're introducing. Not sure what the prices are on that either. Uh, Big question marks on a lot of these things. So yeah, Apple did some stuff this past week or two. And then also for those uh, bookworms out there, Kindle had a refresh or Amazon refreshed their Kindles. So you can get a new brand spanking new shiny Kindle with updated features. And yeah, I mean, I like my Kindle. So, you know, just thought I'd throw that in there. So yeah, those are your general updates. We can actually move into our main topic now. Ooh, boy, I'm so hyped. Hype. Hype, 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 hype. Okay. Hype. <laughs> we, we need to. Okay. Main topic. Okay. How are we going to do this? Are we going to volume off of each other? Yeah. So I don't know. Do we, do we actually thoroughly explain what our main topic was? <laughs> Most hyped releases of all time. Why did we decide this? Well, obviously because we had devil may five, devil may cry five, Kingdom Hearts 3, Resident Evil 2 Remake. These were all games that various individuals, quite a few individuals, have been waiting for for a very long time. We're still waiting on some very hyped games. We've seen some very hyped games come out. And we started questioning, well, was it worth the wait? 
is it worth waiting for the next thing to come out? And then we, we started kind of getting into the nostalgia of, well, let's think about some of the games that we were waiting on in the past and how those affected us. And like, did they live up to the hype? It, and we both thought it sounded like a really fun, interesting topic. It's going to be, it's going to be enjoyable. Crow insists that there are a couple that are going to shock me and I challenge him to shock me and shock you. I shall. Is that an invitation for me to start us off? Well, here, let, let me, let me get the elephant out of the room. You know, kingdom hearts three. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my first one. I just want to get that one out of the way right now. Um, it shouldn't even be a surprise. I don't even need to go into the details as to why this was something that I was hyped about. I've been waiting like a freaking decade for this game to come out. Okay. I played religiously through kingdom hearts one and kingdom hearts two. And I was stuck waiting and having to deal with all these freaking spinoffs on every single God forsaken platform that's ever been existed existing on this planet. Like I literally had to buy PSPs and 3ds's and all these different platforms just to try to get some form of a cohesive story of this universe right that's the sole reason you bought all these platforms I mean, you know, and and then Kingdom Hearts 3 was just like being dangled in front of me and everyone else is a fan for years. And we finally get the confer- confirmation that, you know, this is actually happening and been having a leak, leak after leak after leak intentional of gameplay and everything. And I was so hyped whenever they announced that it was actually happening. I mean, I was literally jumping up and down in my chair whenever I saw this was a thing. And then slowly as the buildup kept going, this is one of those rare instances in which I actually, my hype levels kind of dropped a little bit, just a tad because they were like, okay, um, we want you to know we've shown off every single world that's in this game. So there's not going to be any more worlds in it. And I'm like, all right, that kind of sucks. Like, I guess I shouldn't have watched any of the trailers because <laughs> I have literally no element of surprise here in terms of like, if they're going to drop an awesome new world on me, I know all of the places I'm going to visit. So that kind of hurt me a little bit. And then, you know, it finally got close to release. I'm freaking out still. Like I started to freak out a little bit more whenever it got in the ne- <laughs> like within a month. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this. It's going to be awesome. Got it. Day one. And then started playing it. And this is this is actually kind of depressing to admit, but I haven't even come close to beating it. So that should tell you about kind of how I feel in terms of did it live up to my expectations? I am probably going to be in the minority on this a little bit, but I don't really think it did. I don't think it did live up to my expectations. I mean, it's a beautiful game and I mean, graphics are awesome in it and gameplay was, it's pretty fun. It's just, I feel like they could have, the buildup just, I'm not getting the payoff I want right now. And it's not even a payoff to make me want to keep playing. I've seen complaints about the ending already and that just deters me even more from wanting to play it. So it was released on, when was this even released? January 25th, 2019. See, (laughs) it's already a figment. It's, it's, it's the distant memory. So I got it on that day and I've played it and you know, I just, 
I don't think it lives up to the expectation, guys. Like, I don't know. I feel bad. I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan and I'm saying this. I should I should just commit Sepaku or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> whatever. Well, I, you're actually... I, I mean, maybe this just goes to show you what kind of friends I have, but from the friends I've talked to about Kingdom Hearts 3, you're not in the minority. Like, everybody that I've talked to has agreed. Well, I've got one friend that's like, oh man, it's fantastic. I'm still playing it. And I'm like, really okay but everybody else has just been like man I'm, I was really wanting something more and I guess in fairness that after this long of a wait it's kind of hard to meet those expectations it is and you know I feel like there have been undelivered promises too I remember reading an interview where you know Tetsuya Nomura and a couple other people were like we know that our fan base is aged and you know the Kingdom Hearts 3 is aging with the fan base it's going to be a more mature story or whatever it's it's not <laughs> it's not more mature and like the I'm just going to mention one subtle change that just bothers the heck out of me with it okay so you used to in the older games you would go through a section of the world and then you'd leave it and then you'd have to go back through that world a second time and there would be events that happen. I mean, things would escalate. Okay. So it kind of gave you motivation to want to go back to the world and see what's changed since like a major story point happened. And that was awesome. And the thing is with kingdom hearts three, you go to a world and you play through the entirety of the world and you never want to go back. You never have to go back. You just steamroll through a world and you're gone. There's no reason to go back. The game doesn't make you go back. You don't, there's no form of progression there. You don't get to see how the game events change. It almost feels like they were just like, oh crap, we've got to deal with Disney. We've got to put these freaking Disney worlds in here. And that's what it, that's what they did. There's not even final fantasy characters in it. And that was something that I looked forward to in the first two games more than anything was getting to see like my favorite final final fantasy characters. They're not even in it. It's like this game has an identity problem. It doesn't know what it is. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that sounds pretty shitty, but I have yet to play. Well, really any of the Kingdom Hearts games. The first one I played a little bit and it just didn't do it for me at all. Way back when. So, you know, who knows if I'm ever going to know exactly what you're feeling, but I appreciate, appreciate where you're coming from on that. Well, I guess I'll go now. Um, and just to clarify, these, for the most part, aren't in any particular order. But So here's one that I think will surprise you. And this is kind of cheating, kind of not. It's actually two games. And the reason, the reason I don't consider it not so much a cheat is because I didn't know what I was waiting for whenever I was waiting for it. So... Yu Yu Hakusho The Dark Tournament for the PS2, and then Yu Yu Hakusho Tournament Tactics for the Game Boy Advance. This is the, o- this is the only game on this, well, the only two games on this list, and I, I count them as one game, because in my mind, I was just waiting for Yu Yu Hakusho Dark Tournament, whatever, that, whatever form that took, <laughs> because I knew a game was going to come out. I didn't know it would be two games. I didn't know it would be two very different games. <laughs> But they both came out in 2004, just a few months apart, and I enjoyed the hell out of both of them. One was a brawler, one was a tactical RPG. 
And they were both so much fun. Like, I don't, I've read some of the critics reviews and stuff. I think they get like six out of 10 or whatever. Fuck the critics. Cause these games were amazing. They were every bit worth the wait in my opinion. Cause the dark tournament was one of the best tournament sagas of any anime ever. And getting to play it two different ways in video game form just really did it for me. When were those released? Uh, so the dark tournament for PS2 was released September 21st, 2004. And then uh, tournament tactics for Game Boy Advance was released November 18th, 2004. So literally like two months apart. Dang. Wow. Those are really far back. Yeah, they were great. I used to, I used to beat the hell out of my brothers and they also used to beat the hell out of me in dark tournament. And then, uh, tournament tactics. It's kind of funny because I know we've gone to a few, uh, like used video game stores and we just see tons of cartridges for tournament tactics. And even though I already own the game, even though I've beaten it in every sense, like maxed out every character and what have you, I'm still tempted to buy it because it's like four dollars and one of the best PS, uh, one of the best Game Boy Advance games I'd ever played, in my opinion. Well, you're right. You genuinely, I didn't expect those. I remember hearing you talk about them, uh, and you seemed to be quite smitten with them. But I do not remember. Uh, I I didn't know any of the stories behind why you were so hyped about them whenever you were younger. So that's interesting to hear the backstory behind that and. I would actually give them a try. Uh, As a matter of fact, I might just go down to that local used video game store that you were referring to and grab one of those numerous copies. You absolutely should. Especially I would more strongly recommend the PS2 game, to be honest, Um, just because. So the Game Boy Advance version, there's a total of 10 players, uh, 10 characters that you can play as, which is great. But the PS2 game, yeah, you can play as the majority of the characters in the dark tournament. Like the majority of the characters that Yusuke and his team uh, fight against. That dark tournament was legendary whenever. I mean, I remember that was, I agree with you. That was one of the best tournament arcs. You can play, you can play as he and use his dragon of the darkness flame. You can play as elder Tagoro and younger Tagoro. You can play as Karasu. You can play as Bui. You can play as Shishi Wakamaru, Suzuku, Toya, Jin, obviously all of Team Yurameshi. Like, and this this is a PS2 game, but I I think I think you probably agree with me on this. PS2 brawlers were fucking lit. Yes, they were. I remember the Budokai games, yep. man. I was actually very close to putting a Budokai game on here. <laughs> Yeah, I had to wrestle with myself to not include the Ultimate Ninja games on here. The PS2, man, what a banger of a console that was. Really, everything that came out on PS2, looking back on it now, I mean, there was a lot of quality games out on that system. It's it's great. So, yeah, I might actually, I, I really honestly might get that PS2 version of that game. I recently got my PS2 back out, so. Highly, highly recommend it awesome that's awesome i did not expect those it was a pleasant start to your list uh and i started out with an obvious one i'm gonna try to get my obvious ones out of the way yeah go uh, for it first okay so 
Next one's the most recent one, and this isn't going to surprise you one bit. And it's actually interesting because I don't have a well-established past with this series, but the way that this this game was like hyped up, it really, really got me super into the fandom, really. So Devil May Cry 5, right? It came out on March 8th, 2019, and I'm partially a little bit biased to this. Uh, I actually got this game for free. Um, well, I say free. I got it as part of a promotional deal uh, through AMD, and I'm playing it on PC, and holy crap, it's a good game. Uh, I love the style. Really, the existence of the game is a miracle because I don't know if you've heard the story about how it came to be, but it's actually like it was a side project of Resident Evil. Yeah, the, yeah, was the original games, yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be a Resident Evil game, and then it turned into its own series because it just was going in such a weird direction. But 5? Okay, so they announced 5 at E3 and did such a good job with the reveal. Uh, the graphics, it was running in the RE engine, so it looked beautiful. And then, um, I mean, they showed off some of the combat. They showed off, like, the new updated looks of, like, Nero and Dante got thrown around in there, and everyone was super hyped about Dante. But anyway, they did a good job hyping it up, and I played a little bit. I played Devil May Cry 2 whenever I was younger. I got it at a yard sale, and I wasn't too into it. I thought it was really stylish and cool looking, that's, but I sucked at that's it. That's by far supposed to be the worst Devil May Cry game. I didn't play it very much. I mean, I liked I, I, I sucked at it. I really sucked at it. I was not coordinated enough, I guess, to be able to do it. Um, I couldn't build combos very well. And then I played Devil May Cry 4. Uh, I got the special edition of that for PS4 and I was better at it. And I'm, I played quite a bit of it. Never beat it though. And then five, I've put 20 hours into five and I love it. Uh, it's so good. Uh, I, I think it does live up to the expectation and I don't think I'm in the minority on that opinion. I've seen so many people saying that this game is everything they wanted more. It's, it's got a decent, I mean, I know you don't play devil may cry f- for the story, but it's got a decent story. I'm enjoying it. And uh, the combat's just so satisfying. I mean, I don't really ever get an adrenaline rush like what I do whenever I string together a combo as Dante with all of his different styles he can switch into and all of his different weapons he can switch between and guns. Like, it's just wild. It's actually mind-bending with all the combos and crap that he can do. So it's it's good. Yep. And, uh... You know, obviously, I, I'm a big fan of Devil May Cry 3. I really wanted to play Devil May Cry 5. I'm going to wait for the price to go down a little bit. And then also, I'm trying to uh, steal my resolve because <laughs> being the trophy hunter that I am, it's got a 10 out of 10 rating as far as difficulty goes for the Platinum. And I'm uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm still struggling to get the Platinum on DMC, one that Ninja Theory did which is supposed to be one of the easiest Devil May Cry games to get the Platinum for. And I'm like, I'm still struggling, so maybe I should hold off on this for a minute. I can see how it would be rough, but it's a lot of fun to play. You're going to love it. I can guarantee you that you're absolutely going to love it. I believe it. I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. Most of the games on my list are probably going to take you by surprise. I, I don't know if you've even heard of this one. Champions Return to Arms. I have never heard of that game. How about Champions of Norath? That one's a little bit more familiar. Okay, so Champions of Norath was basically 
Baldur's Gate. You know, you know what Baldur's Gate is. Yes, yes, I do. Very popular games. Champions of Norath is basically Baldur's Gate, but for the PS2. And it was a gorgeous game. I'm always a fan of uh, playing the Dark Elf character whenever that's a, an available option in a video game. Dark Elf was available. I got to customize him the way I liked. Got all this dope armor. It had like three or four different difficulties to play through. Um, and you could like keep like set resetting the levels and, and transferring levels over, transferring your armor and stuff over. So it was all this really great shit. This is in the first game. This is in Champions of Norath. Champions Return to Arms was announced. And it's a sequel to Champions of Norath. It adds two new character classes. And, and this was super rare for a PS2 game. And you can transfer your character from trans, from Champions of Norath to Champions Return to Arms. Oh, that's an awesome feature. Yeah, like this... I mean, I, I can't think of any other PS2 games that actually did this other than like the dot hack series. You, you transfer. So like, and I got champions return to arms and I transferred my like level 80 dark Knight drow character with all this really powerful armor, these really good items transferred all of that to this new game and got to, got to go through this completely new story. Um, Honestly, I'm kind of in the middle. Oh, sorry. I should have said this. This came out February 7th, 2005, which was three or four years after the original Champions of Norath came out. I didn't I didn't get through the whole game, to be honest. I wasn't as big a fan of the story as I would like. I, I feel like they changed some of the characters up too dramatically and it just didn't resonate as well with me as the first game did. But I was still just mind blown that I was able to transfer my character from one PS2 game to another one. Um, so that was just really cool. Got to fight against these new characters, these new creatures, new story. So I'm, I'm in the middle on it. Like it didn't wow me. It didn't. It, it didn't live up to the hype. But it still deserved some of the hype. Yeah, I mean, I really. I haven't heard much about either one of those, but from what you just described, that sounds awesome. I mean, that transfer feature alone, that was a very, really wasn't a big thing back on the PlayStation 2. And so just that alone, I mean, that would motivate me even more to want to play both of them. So they sound cool. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, D&D for the PS2. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's very compelling. That sounds like it would be very fun to play. So you've got a pretty interesting list going so far. Um, you're right. I, I hope that you'll at least get a couple in here that I will recognize. Oh, definitely. But also, and Judge knows this, but maybe maybe our listeners don't. I spent most of my life with handheld systems because, um, you know, during my college years, I didn't really play PS2 that much. I didn't have a PS3, definitely didn't have a PS4. So, you know, a lot of the games on this list are going to be more more old and obscure and it like it's frightening me to think back that 2004 was fucking 15 years ago holy shit (laughs) yeah it's best if you don't think about it too much yeah we old yeah we are i'm noticing too i mean your your lists are going like old school what we consider old school now um and mine i'm getting into my old school stuff now so that's good. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to throw at you next. So I'm going to do the most recent ones next. That way that I 
or I'm, I'm finishing up with my most recent one. So I don't think this is going to come as a surprise to you, but maybe you didn't anticipate me putting it on here. Uh, maybe it flew under your radar. Uh, so there was a series of games that I played whenever I was young, the very first game I ever played. Okay. And I loved it to death and I grew up and there was a surprising dip in quality of that series because the original developers stopped making it and they moved on to greener pastures. And so fairly recently, uh, there was an announcement made at E3 and it blew my freaking mind. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, the insane trilogy. Okay. So I flipping love Crash Bandicoot. Um, that is the very first game I ever played was the second one and cat NATO actually, she, she knows about all this and she shares my love of crash, but they announced that they were going to remaster all three games. It came out on June 30th, 2017. And I literally made that experience. Whenever I got that game, I made it as authentic as possible to the first time that I played that game down in my den, uh, in the exact same spot that I sat on the floor, cross-legged, um, the exact same way. Like I compared it to an old picture I had that my parents took of me and straight up. I mean, I replicated that as close as I could. And it was a magical experience to get to play through those games again. They're hard as nails as for like being a platformer. They're really difficult. Um, and I'm clearly not as good at them as I used to be whenever I was younger. So that was a little bit of a blow to my ego, but just getting to see the high definition like remaster of crash and all of the levels that I recognized and remembered the hell levels that I spent weeks on that I would cry over because I couldn't beat like that's how into the game I was. So it was, it was really a magical time for that game. Those, those games to come out. Uh, I, I was so happy to see that Sony was giving love to the old, the old mascot that I grew up seeing on TV and seeing rival Mario and Sonic. And so, I mean, they were great. I think, and I think the remaster did live up to the hype. Um, everyone loved it. They thought that the platforming was a little bit more uh, difficult and the jumping felt a little bit floaty or a little bit off, but man, what a great remaster. What a great way to kick off a remaster of the classics that we're starting to see a resurgence in now. Uh, everyone wants these classic games back and luckily the sales prove that people are going to buy them. Especially so, in bulk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. All right. Yeah. I thought, I thought that might be on your list, but I wasn't entirely sure. I'm going to hit you with another one that I, I bet you probably don't see coming. Dragon Ball Z boost fury. Okay, so I knew there was going to be a Dragon Ball game on here. Really? All right. Yes, I did. I, I felt that, but I didn't know if it was going to be the Legacy of Goku or like one of those games. I didn't know which one it was going to be. So Boo's Fury, huh? So I'm not going to lie. I actually did consider Legacy of Goku too because that was a fantastic game. Like truthfully, I probably enjoyed it a little bit more than I enjoyed Boo's a little bit more than I enjoyed Boo's Fury. But so a little bit of background. Um, I had played the legacy of Goku, both one and two. I like whenever I was growing up, whenever I was like a little eight year old, nine year old kid, be riding the school bus. And some of my friends on the bus would be playing legacy of Goku. 
and I would play it and I'd be like, Oh man, this shit's fucking magical. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost ashamed to admit this cause I don't know how this happened, but my mother, she bought legacy of Goku and she bought legacy of Goku two and she bought Boo's fury. All three of those. She bought them for my brother. Good grief. Wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not even being subtle with the hints I'm dropping. I'm just like, Mom, I really want these games. (laughs) And, and, you know, my brother, he wanted the games, too. But, I mean, you you know him. Like, he's nerdy to a degree. But I'm I'm full-blown otaku. Like, if, if I were diseased, I would be highly contagious. (laughs) <laughs> by the way ladies i'm single <laughs> that's that's a good plug you did there <laughs> very nice <laughs> but no ladies he's not he's he's taken he's taken by me it's okay judge you'll always have a place in my heart but that's not going to keep me warm at nights anyway legacy of goku t- games they were great they really were but it's only because i played both one and two that i was able to develop the sense of hype for Boost Fury. Um, comparatively, like I said, Legacy of Goku 2 was probably my favorite of the trilogy, but I would say Boost Fury, it was still a fantastic game. Would it li- Did it live up to the hype set by Legacy of Goku 2? Maybe not, but it still lived up to the hype of a Dragon Ball Z game, in my opinion. See, I don't know much about Boost Fury, but what I do know is that like you were saying, I would ride the bus and I'm talking every single male child on that bus had a Game Boy Advance and they were playing Legacy of Goku and Legacy of Goku 2. Those games were like a rite of passage. If you didn't play those, then you were going to get a wedgie in the playground and you were going to get swirlied. Like, that's... that's. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I remember. I remember that was all anyone ever talked about for months. I mean, my cousin at school was like hyping the crap out of Legacy of Goku 2. He's like, you need to play this, dude. It's like the most amazing thing ever. And I was like, I, I, I'm going to play it. I just, I'm going to have to wait a little bit longer than everyone else. And uh, yeah, so I did get around to playing it. They were good games. Uh, Boost Fury, however, I didn't know as much about, but I did watch a couple of people play it and it did look fun. Um, so I can see, I mean, I can see where you're coming from on this, especially with Legacy of Goku kind of propping up your expectations for it yeah set up the games they set up the game to come after those to be hyped and i mean you know this this is supposed to be about boost fury right now but bearing in mind legacy of goku 2 we had future trunks as playable character we had piccolo as a playable character you get fucking hercule as a or mr satan as a playable character called hercule in the game you you can fight fucking Broly in this game. Like the, the fucking hype that it built up for the final game of the Dragon Ball Z series on, on handheld. Oh my God. It had a lot to live up to. I, I can definitely see where you're coming from on that. So that, that's a good entry. I like that one. Okay. We're getting into, we're getting into interesting territory here. All right. So, I think that the four that I've got left that aren't the top three, um, we may have to dip down on time a little bit here so we can get through these. But I think that these last four I've got, they may three of them 
are probably going to take you by surprise a little bit. I don't think that you're going to know exactly which last, ones I put on here. Four. Well, three out of the four before I get to the top three. <laughs> okay. So the, <laughs> so the last seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to get this one. I'll just throw this one out. All right. The last of us, the original, the last of us. And I'm pretty sure I was on this train a little bit earlier then I, I don't know. Did you knew about it? Right. Whenever it came out, I remember talking to you about it, I think. Oh yeah. So I knew about the last of us. Um, but here's my thing. Like most of the games on my list are going to sound really weird to most people because I don't get as hype over a lot of games as a lot of people do partially because I'm relatively ignorant to the premise of the series or games that are being promoted. And partially because I'm just very skeptical in general. Um, So, yeah, I knew about The Last of Us and everybody and their mother hyped it up. And even after it came out, everybody was like, oh, my God, this game is so amazing. It's a system seller. You need to get a PlayStation 3 to play it. And I'm just over here like, bitch, do you know how much a PlayStation 3 costs? I'm not getting a PlayStation 3 for one game that I don't know shit about. And, you know, I've played The Last of Us remastered and I enjoy it very much. Um, and you know, if I could go back in time, I probably would have kicked myself and told myself to get a PS3 to get the game, but it never entered my most hyped list because I just frankly didn't care prior to having played it. Yeah. And you pretty much, I don't even really have to talk about this given the fact that you just pretty much explained exactly where I'm coming from on this. But the thing is I had been keeping up with this game since the rumors had emerged that naughty dog was working on this brand new concept game uh, and that they were basing it on real world research, real actual scientific uh, organisms that, I mean, there was a lot of just murmurings about this leading up to it. Okay. And then whenever they actually did a reveal trailer of it at E3 and they kind of showed off the graphics, they kind of showed off like the characters a little bit, I could tell right off the bat that it was going to be something special. I didn't know if it was going to be as special as what it wasn't. It was being hyped up as in my mind, given that I was like really fantasizing about where it was going to go and like what direction they were going to take with it. But I'm a fan of zombie games and I'm a fan of just like post-apocalyptic settings. So I already knew that it was right. That was right in my wheelhouse. Like they were going exactly where they needed to go to compel or to like excite me. Right. But then whenever I saw the release trailer or the reveal trailer and I start, I got the game on the day it came out and I mean, it's miraculous to see just what developers are capable of doing with hardware after they learn the nuances of how to work with the hardware. The PS3 was a really powerful system, but it was really difficult to make games for. And Naughty Dog, it was one of the, it was, you know, Last of Us came out in like the twilight of the PlayStation 3 life cycle. And it really, it it pushed it to the limit. I mean, you play The Last of Us on PS3 and it was gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Did not look like a PlayStation 3 game. Gameplay was smooth. Uh, The frame rate was a little bit lower than you may have wanted, but it was amazing what they did with the hardware. Great story. Everyone already knows about it all by now, but I mean, everyone was hyped about The Last of Us. I haven't really given a game yet that a lot of people have. I mean, most of the games I've talked about so far, 
have been generally hyped by the public. So the last of us, I mean, it hit me pretty hard. I was like super excited about it. So I think now with the ra- the remaining ones that I've got, there are a couple in here that aren't going to be maybe as obvious, but the last of us was a great game and it w- I was very hyped about it. And I think, did I mention when it came out June 14th, 2013? Well, now we know. Yeah, there it went. So that was quite a while ago, longer than I actually thought it was. Wow. It's been a while. All right. Um, this one might not surprise you, but then again, it might. Um, Zero Time Dilemma. That was uh, that was also a game that I had been anticipating pretty highly, mostly on account of the fact that its um, development history was a little bit troubled. Um, so we had nine 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 hours nine persons nine doors, and we had um, Virtue's Last Reward. Both. Both games that you knew I had played that I was very fond of. I'm not fond of puzzlers in general. Like, I hate puzzles. But I really enjoyed the characters and I really enjoyed the story. And the way that the second game left off made it super obvious there had to be a third game. There had to be a conclusion to this trilogy. And, you know, it it made it impossible. Like, this can't be the ending because there's too much left open. That, that's how it left off. They announced... So, Virtue's Last Reward came out in 2012. There was like a series... Like, throughout the years, there was an announcement of, we're working on this game. Production of this game has been canceled because of poor reception in Japan for the second game. Production of the game is being, like... I can't remember if it was like Kickstarter or somebody did a campaign or something like that. Like people like basically express interest like, hey, you guys need to fucking make this game. And they actually were able to get the go ahead on it eventually. And the game came out in 2016, which was four years after the second one. And, you know, the whole the news surrounding it made it unsure if it was ever actually going to come out. So that's mainly the reason that I was like, eagerly awaiting it because that's one of the games that I was actually keeping up with the news on is it actually going to happen or not unfortunately it did I remember hearing about them not going to make it I remember hearing about that and I remember you mentioning that to me too I think sent me a message about it and so I had only played a little bit of 999 and uh, I'm not a puzzler either so but the stories are good. I played the, uh, I think I played the mobile version of nine, nine, nine and it eliminated all the puzzles. It was just like a, a graphic. It was just a story game. Yeah. And I, I still enjoyed it. I mean, the branching path paths in that game are very detailed. So yeah, that took me by surprise a little bit. I mean, I can, I can understand it now, but I I wouldn't have been able to predict that you were going to put that on yours. Okay. So (laughs) yeah, all right, so uh, here we go. I'm just going to throw this one out here and see. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. I can see it. I thought that one might take you a little bit by surprise. I'm typically not a huge fan of Zelda. So Twilight Princess, however, um, I'm always a fan of darker, more mature games. And the way that they show showed off Twilight Princess was that it was a darker, more grittier Zelda game and not to mention you had freaking Miyamoto come out it with like a fog machine and like 
a master sword and high roll shield replica and everyone's like losing their freaking mind over it so i mean this was during e3 whenever they announced it but anyway the trailer for it looked really great and um i was very drawn into it just based on the atmosphere that they set up and i got it on gamecube and played the heck out of it out of it it came out on november 19th 2006 and it was one of those weird games that came out on the gamecube and the wii uh and i ended up getting it for the gamecube because i like having the controller and i wasn't a fan of the the wii waggle like actually having to wave your fingers or hands or whatever to do crap so anyway uh i loved it i loved the game uh i think it did live up to the hype uh a lot of people it, they thought of it as like a ocarina of time 2.0 but like worse I, I didn't really feel that way i really did enjoy it um i was actually grappling with whether or not i should put twilight princess or breath of the wild on here because like i said not a huge fan of zelda but i played breath of the wild and love it um and it was a very good game i just i feel like nostalgia played a part in this one twilight princess i was super excited for i begged my parents to get it when it came out got it played the heck out of it it was a good game uh, it's still one of my favorites. So, all right, I'm gonna go with dot uh, hack last recode. I felt that one. You felt that one. I felt a dot hack game. You say a dot hack game? That's the only. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's three dot hack games combined into one, plus a fourth like epilogue included. Oh. Well, see, I was thinking of like back whenever they did them episodically on no, the PlayStation that's, Two. That's the thing. Like this, this is the um, what came out in 2017, November third, 2017. They came out with Dot Hack Last Recode, which combined all the Dot Hack GU games. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, into one, into one uh collection, and I never thought that I would actually get to play a Dot Hack game. Because these games were ridiculously expensive on PS2. Like, even well after the death of PS2, like, I'm talking like the twilight years of PS3, the only time I could ever find these games, they were still 50 or $60 a piece for an episodic game. And then they released dot hack slash last recode for like $39.99, which included all three games high definition plus an epilogue. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Fuck. Yes. Take my money. <laughs> I remember seeing those, uh, when I was growing up, I, th- I saw those at some of the used game stores I went to and I was like, man, these games look so cool, but they were charging like 80 or $90 for them. And it, they always said, Oh, it's got the anime disc. It's got the anime disc with it. I remember they were freaking out about that. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that's that's pretty much the main reason for me because like the the other games I've mentioned so far, like I have legitimate reasons for wanting to for for hyping them up because of expectations I had had set before. But for this one, this just came from uh, <laughs> over a decade of longing to play a game that was well outside my means that was suddenly finally made within my means. That's fair. And I, I kind of felt like I said, I kind of could see this one because you were hyped about this very tangibly. So whenever it was getting talked about, I remember you were, we were messaging about it and I could tell you were very excited about it. So yeah, that's cool. I like that one. Nice. Okay. Halo three, Halo three. 
You see that one coming? I did not. Yeah, there we go. Okay, because I've told you this, and I think I've mentioned on the show before, I'm actually a pretty big fan of the Halo story. And the way I'm just going to boil this down to one thing marketing. Okay. Halo 3 had one of the best marketing campaigns of any video game ever. And if you are a fan of Halo, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They had this campaign called the Believe campaign, okay? And they were like really making a big deal about this. This was going to be the end of Master Chief's fight. It was going to be the end of this grandiose trilogy. And you could tell that they were really pushing it. They had like these live action television shows that were like interviewing these supposed vets of the covenant war the the war and they were so gritty and realistic it was like these mini docs that you were watching and it all culminated in this beautiful like diorama okay uh like they had this commercial where it was like a huge diorama uh, that they were just like panning a camera through and very detailed showing soldiers getting held up and killed or whatever and it closes in and the last shots it shows master chief being held up by his head or whatever held up by a brute and he's got his head down like he's in defeat and then it zooms in on his hand and it shows that he's got a grenade in his hand and it starts glowing and there's no motion in this entire thing right it's just the camera panning and then it goes and it the only motion you see it goes up to his head and his head goes from looking down to looking up and you just, I felt chills when I first saw that it's got this beautiful piano piece that plays and then it goes to like this screen that says like finish the fight or believe and it oh my god such powerful stuff I was so hyped for this game got it the first day it came out I mean I literally begged begged my parents I was like I don't care if I got to sell a kidney I don't care if I've got to like sell everything else every other system I've got Nintendo screw Nintendo I'm staying on Xbox like I don't care I'm getting this game And I actually remember they did make me trade in like a buttload of my games and GameStop hoed me real hard because that's what they did and they still do. Um, But I did get that game and oh, it's so good. Lived up to the hype 100%. I'm not even talking about multiplayer story wise. It lived up to the hype, but multiplayer can't even tell you how many hours I spent on Xbox live and Halo three listening to uh, teenage kids trash talk and say that they screwed my mom and you know, did all sorts of stuff. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Uh, It was a special time. I think that we're past, uh, we're past the golden age really. But anyway, it came out on September 25th, 2007. And my God, that day will forever be etched into my mind. Beautiful. Really heart, heart touching stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. For me, final fantasy 12. (laughs) (laughs) okay all right you know 12 didn't think you were gonna put 12 on there knew you were gonna put a final fantasy didn't think you were gonna put 12 gotta bear in mind this is our most hyped list of games that we've already like that have come out like final fantasy 7 the remake or remaster whatever that would definitely be on this list if we were going that route but right now we're going with most hyped games that have come out so far and so Bearing in mind, 10 was the first game I had ever played. That was that, that came out in 2000, uh, 2001 was when yeah. Final Fantasy 10 came out, right? Yeah. So immediately after playing 10 and just absolutely falling in love with the game, the story, the world, 
I became compelled to try other Final Fantasy games. And I played Final Fantasy 4, 5, a little bit of 6, a little bit of 7, and 10-2. Ten 10-2, two. Ten two, yeah. But anyway, so I played all these, I played all these Final Fantasy games. And after Final Fantasy X, when they announced Final Fantasy XI, I was like, oh my god, yes! And I bought Eleven day one, only to discover I couldn't fucking play it <laughs> at all. I knew so many people that made that mistake, man. I was I was absolutely tilted because it looked good. Like I remember I had played the demo for Eleven at GameStop. It seemed fun. The summon seemed really cool. The dungeon looked nice, and I couldn't play the damn thing. So I was tilted, and I had to return it. And I just kind of lived in sorrow for the next like few years, but it didn't take that long because I guess they realized that it flopped pretty quickly and they released Final Fantasy 12 not too long after. And because this was a single player Final Fantasy game that I actually could play and, you know, the first um, graphically, well, I don't want to say graphically superior because 10 was fucking gorgeous, but you know, this was the only other Final Fantasy game on PlayStation 2 that I could actually play. And so, you know, again, going in mind that we're talking about the most hyped, most anticipated games, I was excited as hell for this to come out. Um, and, you know, at the time, it seemed like a cool thing. I could see a lot of resemblances between the characters and like in title art or whatever, you know. Vaughn looked like Titus. Ash looked like Yuna. Bosch, he seemed like the same kind of character as Oren. I kind of equated Balthier and Fran to Waka and Lulu, which in hindsight, they're not really comparable, but that's the way I saw them, like as, as far as their roles went. So, you know, I was, I was eager to relive my 10 experience in like a new updated game with different characters that still had the same roles. Truthfully, it was kind of underwhelming. Like I never, I never beat it on the PS2. Um, I didn't, I, like I, I got it on uh, the PS4 whenever they came out with uh, the Zodiac Age uh, remaster, remake, whatever. And it's a lot better than the PS2 version was. But I don't know. I, I would say it falls in the middle. Like Final Fantasy 12 is, as far as characters and story goes, it's a little more underwhelming than a lot of the games. But I really enjoy I enjoy the combat quite a bit. And yeah, I'm really enjoying the Zodiac Age right now. Like I've actually been grinding on that for a little while. So I'm, ha- I'm happy that 12 came out and I think it was it was worth being excited for. It just wasn't worth the extremely high expectations I had for it at the time. That's fair. Uh, I mean, I can understand that. And and my initial thought was, oh, he's going to say Final Fantasy X. But then I did remember that that was your first Final Fantasy game. So. Yeah. And like it wasn't like I got that new. Like whenever I got ten, it was actually at a yard sale. <laughs> like a, a friend was selling like a bunch of shit at a yard sale. And I saw it and I was like, oh, this looks cool. And by pure happy coincidence, I got what ended up becoming like my favorite game of all time but it wasn't a game that I had ever anticipated or waited on or hyped up because I knew nothing about it prior to randomly getting a game that was cheap. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense in context. 
Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, Final Fantasy, I expected, but 12, I wasn't so sure. But yeah, I understand. Okay. These last four that I've got, they could really be interchangeable. It's going to be tough. These were really tough for me. So keep that in mind. The one that I didn't put in my top three, it's so hard not to put in my top three, was Fire Emblem, The Sacred Stones. Okay. See that one coming? I figured a Fire Emblem game was coming, but that wasn't the one I was expecting. Okay, so context for this is, I just came across the original Fire Emblem game on the Game Boy Advance by pure happenstance, okay? Went to Game Exchange. Mom told me I could get a game for my Game Boy Advance, and they had a copy of the original Fire Emblem, the first one that's been localized to English, okay? So I got it, played the ever-loving crap out of that game, loved it. I mean, I did every single thing I could have done in that game. Maxed out every character, learned what their classes were, everything like that. And so when I heard, and the only reason I knew about this is because I saw that there was a tiny, at my local retail store, right? I went there and I would always look at the game cases. And the only reason I knew about this was because in the Game Boy Advance section, there was a very tiny, like, standy or like a sticker on the window and it was talking, it was a fire emblem, sacred stones, like a little sticker or whatever. And I was like, no, no way. There's a second one coming out. And so got it. It was one of the very few games I got like brand new. Normally I got like used games, got this one brand new should have kept the box because if you look them up, they're actually, these things are worth like a lot of money now, but ah, dude, it was almost euphoric. Like whenever I started playing that game, it's so weird to say this about a tactics game. I mean, those aren't something I'm generally a fan of, but oh man, it was such a good game and it lived up to the hype easy. It came out on October 7th, 2004. So it's one of the older games I've got on my list, but I was so excited. You can picture young me. I was literally like on the, on the way to the store, knowing that I was going to get it. I was vibing, man. I was out. I was playing. I actually, I actually played through the original game completely all over again to get me, like hyped up for the new one. And then I remember I beat the original one probably not very long before, like on the car ride to get the new one. I beat it and I got the new one, ripped that box open, looked through the manual real quick, smelled it, got a smell of it because that's what we did. There were manuals back then kids. Take and a then good hard whiff. I did. And then I slapped that cartridge in my Game Boy Advance and I played nonstop. I mean, I went through like probably three or four sets of batteries. It was wild. I was so happy. Definitely worth it. Definitely lived up to the hype. It's a beautiful thing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if you're going to see this one coming. It wouldn't surprise me, but it might. Yu-Gi-Oh! The Sacred Cards. Oh, yeah, man. That game right there. That was a good game. Yeah, man. So I can't tell. Did you see that one coming? I felt like a Yu-Gi-Oh game was going to be on here, but I didn't know. Once again, didn't know which one, but God, you picked a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. So like, I'm honestly surprised that this is like the only one that's like really, truly the Battle City experience. Like there's a few games that focus on Battle City. But this is the only one that like actually did it justice, which is kind of odd to say because the uh, the combat, quote unquote combat for the game is different than a lot of like the, the standard Yu-Gi-Oh game. 
But I mean, that's that's pretty much it. It came out July 4th, 2002. And I got every single card in the game. I I'd maxed out like the I don't remember what it was called, whatever you needed to to put like higher level cards in your deck. I maxed that out so I could have like all the best cards in my deck. You know, I had I had both the god cards that you could use in that game. Like that was that was my only grievance with the game is that you couldn't use the Winged Dragon of Ra in the game because you didn't get that until the very last fucking fight. And this is another game that like you look at the critic scores online and you're just like, why are the scores so low? This was a masterpiece. And honestly, I, I was tempted to uh, I was tempted to say Reshef of Destruction, which is like the the follow up to the sacred cards. But I was like, who am I kidding? Like, even though I knew Reshef of Destruction was going to be a good game because I knew what the first game was like, there, there's just no replacing the way that it feels when you know that you're going to be the main hero getting through the Battle City tournament, <laughs> like putting fucking Yugi, Joey and Kaiba to shame, whooping Merrick's ass and Bakura. Man, that shit was majestic. Exactly. I, I put so many hours into this game. So, dude, I played this on the bus. Like, it, this kept this preoccupied me on the bus for many a day back in back in my younger years. And it was a good game. I remember too. Uh, I wanted to get this new because you know they had that big sticker, that swirl in the front box that said, "You get three limited edition official cards inside." And I was oh, yeah, like, man, I got those cards. I was like, yeah, man, I want those three limited edition official game cards inside. That's what I want. And then I didn't get it. I got it used. And uh, I was like, I don't even care. Yeah. I was like, I don't even care, man. I, because I played the game and I was like, this is legit. I'm very happy right now. And Battle City Arc is great. I never actually opened those cards. Like they're literally in mint condition because they'd never been opened. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And I need to get, I need to go visit and get my cards back. They probably worth something now. Shoot. Either that Uh-oh. or they're all stuck together. They're probably stuck together. <laughs> probably. It's still kind of crazy, though. You didn't have, you didn't open them. That's Man, I'm nuts. a collector. What can I say? Truly, you truly are a collector. All right, big three. Cracking the top three, and oh, this was so tough, man. This was so tough. I, I ended up for my okay. So for number three, these are going to be in order. So for number three, I put Final Fantasy 15. You knew I was going to have yeah, this on, I knew that was gonna be on the list. I knew you knew this, but here's the thing. I have never in my life been more excited for a final fantasy game than whenever they announced that they were going to have a dark gritty final fantasy with blood. Okay. And it was going to be in the final fantasy 13 universe, but it looked all gothic and dark and it was going to be called final fantasy versus 13. I saw that and I was like, I don't day one purchase. Like it looks so awesome. And then it went through development hell. Like a lot of square Enix games do. And I was like, Oh crap. There were rumors. It's like, it's been killed. It's not happening. It's dead. I was so depressed. And then like a Phoenix rising from the ashes, they, they pulled this, this miraculous thing where they were like, Hey, look, we've been working on the next Final Fantasy game. Look at what it is. And then they showed it. And then at the end, you know, the screen, it turned, it it was like Final Fantasy. And then it had like that little shimmer effect. It's like 15. I was just like, oh my God, be still my beating heart. I was lit. Like, I mean, I was like, 
yeah oh my god heck yes i was so happy man it was the best feeling i was like i'm gonna get to it was like it looks like a boy man but i didn't freaking care because i was like it's gonna be gritty it's gonna be dark it didn't end up being as gritty and dark it was depressing it came out on november 29th 2016 i I feel i feel like that gritty darkness that they were trying to like say was going to be in 15 i feel like that ended up being transferred over to type zero it it had to have it had to have, but the, I mean, it's so depressing, man. Like it came out and I played it. You remember I played through it all and I did everything you could in it. Um, it was great. It was a good game, but it wasn't what it needed to be. It could have been so much better. We've talked about this. The motto for this game is like wasted potential. <laughs> well, and from what I've heard though, it sounds like it has gotten better. Like they've made patch updates to the story. Um, and obviously, you know, we feel like borderline cheated. So we're like, oh, is it even worth playing again? Because I already put all this time into the shoddy version of the game and they're still pumping out new DLC, which reminds me, I think episode Arden just dropped like today or yesterday or something like that. Ugh. Yeah, I know. But supposedly that's the end of the DLC. We'll see what that's worth. It was just, it had so much potential and it, it did come out to be a good game. Uh, that, that may be a contentious or a debatable statement, but I think it did come out to be a good game. I, I liked it and the, the, the journey was better than the destination. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think we both agree that it was a good game, but the grievance is that it could have been a masterpiece. And it could have been a masterpiece and it settled for being a good game. It easily could have been a masterpiece. Yeah, it's it's depressing. And I feel like that with Kingdom Hearts three, man. That's what I feel like with that game. Very similar feeling. Wasted potential, but it it was at least a complete game, though, right? Well, you said you haven't beaten it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people it's complete. It's just there were a lot of loose ends, supposedly. I see. So. Yeah, I knew that would be on your list. And, you know, I, it wasn't something that I was like super, super hyped up for or anything like that. Like if we had done a top 15 list, it probably would have made my list because I did come on board toward the end. But, you know, I, I didn't suffer through like a decade or a decade and a half of of waiting for this game to come out. So lucky me there. <laughs> All right. So my number three. Pokemon Soul Silver. Ah uh, ha ha! You knew that one would be on the list. You know, I was going to put Pokemon Silver because I was actually I was I was really hyped for that one. Uh, I'm glad you put Soul Silver on here. Yeah. So here, here's a little bit of a history that you may or may not have known about me. I actually skipped a generation of Pokemon games. You know, I played. I played yellow and a little bit of red and blue. I played silver and gold and crystal. I played ruby and sapphire. Missed out on emerald, unfortunately. But by that point, whenever like they were coming out with games more like with increasing frequent frequency, I didn't have a DS system at the time. I didn't have the money to get one, so I was just like. Man, fuck you guys switching like, especially because like the Pokemon that you had on Game Boy Advance, I don't believe they've transferred over to the DS systems. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but either way, 
either way, I was I was just like, I literally I can't play this game right now because I'm a kid that has no money and my parents aren't about to buy me a Nintendo system. And you know what? I'm happy with what I've got right now. So I didn't play I didn't play Diamond or Pearl at all. And in my mind, by this point, I was just like, all right, I'm retired from Pokemon now. I've had my fun with it. And I actually believe that like leaf green and fire red also came out and I was like, nah, it's whatever. But then soul silver came out and I saw it. Like I, I heard the rumors that it was coming out. I saw it and I was like, Oh my God, this was my favorite game. And it's now on the DS. This is going to be amazing. Then I was like, all right, calm down. You still don't have a DS. You can't play it. Even if you want to, it's fine. My mom, God rest her soul. She sensed the fucking excitement that I had over this game that I couldn't play. And not only did she buy me the game, but she also bought me a DS to go with it. Like Pokemon Soul Silver is the reason that I got a DS and transitioned into that current generation of gaming consoles or gaming handhelds. And more importantly, played through Soul Silver, the fucking nostalgia the beautiful fucking graphics, like the Pokemon actually moved a little bit. They were in color. You had running shoes so you could move fucking quickly. They included some new like legendary or like new Pokemon from like some of the other games. Um, So, you know, even though I missed out on Diamond and Pearl, I could still get some of the Pokemon from Diamond and Pearl. You know, I think I, I believe that was the first I could be wrong. Maybe Diamond and Pearl had this, but I think that was the first game where you could like actually trade with people all over the world, like the global link shit. If it wasn't, yeah, the fr- yeah, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't the first, it was the second. And yeah, just fucking. Oh, and it had the, uh, it had like the little poke navigator or whatever. Like you could keep like a little pokeball on you and get watched to go with it and then transfer that shit to redeemable prizes for the main game. Like everything about that shit was so fun to me. It had, um, uh, I remember somebody traded me like a, a, a shiny Pichu with like a messed up ear and I was able to like experience like a mystery event where you discover that your rival's father is spoiler alert Giovanni from team rocket. <laughs> so, you know, there, like there was so much good shit to that game and you know, I, I, I was so hyped like whenever it was first announced you know, because it was the first game I'd ever played for Pokemon and it was something I was like naturally looking forward to. It lived up to the hype and more. It was very much worth it. Gold and silver were the best generation. I think yep. we all agree with that. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I can totally see the hype behind that, man. Like I remember whenever that was announced, I was like, no way. This is going to be amazing. But I didn't end. I got it used. Shocker. Um, and which means I didn't get the, uh, I didn't get the little pedometer or the pokeball pedometer. And I remember I was so mad too, because we had, I was in high school. I was in high school at that point and everyone was like freaking walking around. I mean, it, it felt <laughs> everyone was like walking around and showing that thing off. Like it was a status symbol. They'd like hook it onto their freaking waistband and like tuck their shirt in under like over it. So everyone would see that they had that pokeball <laughs> pedometer on. And they would flaunt their dude. There were guys like shaking their hips more than the girls were at that point. Like, it was wild. <laughs> they were wanting to, they were wanting to get those prizes, dude. And so, yeah, anyway, it was a, 
is great. I, I, I'm glad you put that one on there. Nice. Nice. You, nice. You. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Oh my God. We're at number two. I feel like you expect, expect this persona five. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to jump right in. That was also my number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Why was it your number two? We'll both, we'll, we'll piggyback back off of each other. All right, it was my number two because, you know, by this point I had played Shimigami Tensei. I had played um, a few of the, well, like Persona 4 to a limited degree. Um, I had played the Double Survivor games. Basically, Shimigami Tensei had, had already become top three favorite game series of all time for me. By this point, Persona 5 was literally the game that made me decide... I was going to get a PS4. Like you can, if if you're going to credit me getting a PS4 to anything, Persona five announcement was what made me decide I was going to get it. And then final fantasy 15, the bundle is what made me decide I was going to get it at the time, at the point in time that I got it. Uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember this. I remember this dude. The thing is, okay. So I remember you know this, and I've mentioned this on the show before, right? Persona 4 was one of my favorite games of all time, if not my favorite. I love that game to death. It's amazing. Everyone should play it. When I saw that Atlas put up Atlas Japan, whenever I saw Atlas Japan put up a teaser trailer for yeah, Persona man, 5. Yeah, the montage. The montage. I, it was like electricity. I remember, and it wasn't even... It wasn't even that long. Like it was like 20 seconds, 30 seconds maybe. And it showed a chair, right? It showed the chair. And it was like a red backdrop and it had a chain around it, a ball and chain around it. And I remember the splash screen ended up with like, you are a prisoner of fate. And it was like, you know, cryptic messages like that. And it was going from like one chair showing up to like two chairs showing up and they all had chains around them and it had five. And it's like, you know that it has something to do with that's like your party or whatever. And they're all something shackled by fate. And it seemed like it was very dark. That's all we got though. But like when I saw that, I was just like, Oh, this needs to come out now. Like I need this now. And so as the high, as it got more and more, you know, and then whenever they showed off the, uh, whenever they showed off the opening, with like that theme song, like da, 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 you know, ah, oh, get up, get out there, or whatever. Whenever, get up, oh. get up, get out there. Oh my god, so style. We, we it was da, oozing. Life it was oozing with style. Like we were both absolutely like sucked into the style on this, and the the start menus that they showed off were beautiful. Like the, the start menus were more stylish than almost any other game that had ever been made made. Like they had so much character. It's in that distinctive game. at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like people, nothing people else meme, like it. people meme shit. Like how will he react? And then it's like attack, make out, you know, shit like that. They've never, it, it's so good. We love this game to death. And I, I'm so, I knew you were going to put persona five on here. I, I did call this one. I'm glad that it both came. We both came in at two though. That's interesting. I'm pretty sure our number ones are going to be different though, which is kind of uh, curious to me. They're definitely the, different considering the five was two for both of us. That's a unique quinky uh, dink that just happened. And by the way, it came out on September 15th, 2016 and we steam after getting pushed that. back a few times. 
Yeah, but when it did come out, we steamrolled through it. Um, yeah, it was so yep. good. I ended up finishing three playthroughs. So it lived up the hype, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I would say Beyond so. the hype. Beyond it, I would say. I would say so. And I'm, uh, you know, we already mentioned it, but even more excited about uh, Persona 5 The Royal now. But just let's take a minute to talk about that for like just a quick second, because we we had so much speculation as to what the R stood for. And I'm not going to lie, like Royale was one of the words that I thought it might be. I can't wrap my head around Royal. Like it sounds wrong to say the Royal because I keep wanting to say the Royale. I mean, I'm just used to hearing it that way now because, you know, whenever they announced the remake for Persona 4, it was the Golden. So like wait is it the gold it's just golden right in japan it's in japan it's the golden oh shit so whenever it'll probably be persona 5 royal okay that i guess that makes more sense uh somebody pointed out in a group that i'm that i'm in on facebook pointed out that um i think three and four both take place or uh the, the remakes or whatever that came for the psp and the and ps vita they're I think that the titles are centered around like festivals within the games, right? Like persona four is golden week. And then I don't remember what persona three is, um, but it's supposed to be around a festival supposedly. Uh, it would, so there was persona three Fez, which wasn't really that. That was an extension of the story. The only other version was persona three portable. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but, uh, I was going to say, I, I don't I don't know what significance Royal has unless it's pertaining to the new character that, that's going to be in it. But regardless, you know, I'm not going to be as hype over a spinoff or a remake or whatever as I am over the original Persona 5. But regardless of what it is, I will probably buy it. Like, even if it's the base game with a little additional content, I will probably still buy it and platinum it all over again. They always add a sufficient amount of add-on content with these like re-releases or up i would call them updates because really they add they add a significant chunk of content to the game yeah atlas is pretty good about that you get your money's worth with atlas games yeah you do all right well since we both uh have the same line of thinking for our number twos you want me to go first with number one or you want to go i feel like my number one is going to be more predictable so you hit me with yours all right. I don't know if this will be predictable or not to you. It'll probably be not a sh- not a shocker after after I say it. Shimagami Tensei four. Just wait. Just four. Yeah. Oh, Okay. All right. Okay. No, don't get me wrong. Apocalypse was definitely was definitely up there too. Um, but if I had to choose between one or the other, I would say four. Because man, you remember like you were with me. You were with me at GameStop whenever, um, whenever I like. I think I was just like casually looking through like the list of shit that was about to come out, and I saw it. I saw the name. And I was like, "What? What? What? What?" And not like you know, we had friends that worked at GameStop at the time, so I like immediately like pulled them aside, like, "What the hell is this?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, Shima going to is the game's coming out," and they pulled it up on their phones and showed off the trailer. And we were like, "What? What?" And I like immediately like on the spot pre-ordered the full deluxe edition. Um, and the 
just the box art, like knowing nothing else about the game, just the box art was fucking sick. You've got Jonathan and Walter, like Jonathan looking extremely angelic and Walter looking extremely menacing. And you've got, you know, the neutral looking Flynn right down the middle split between this like war between angels and gods and devils and demons and all that. Um, you know, obviously by this point, I've played a little bit of Nocturne, a lot of the Double Survivor games, a little bit of Persona, um, and I had a pretty good idea of what to expect. But at the same time, the Shin Megami Tensei games were like notoriously darker than Persona and Devil Survivor. Um, so I was, oh my god, yeah, I was hyped. And like the deluxe edition, it was a big box. It ha- it came with an art book, a CD. Um, don't Probably forget something. about the poster, man. That poster held a prominent spot on your dorm wall. <sighs> man, I'm so mad. What happened to that poster? Fucking dog <laughs> trampled it. <laughs> I remember as soon as you got that poster, you took it right back and put it up on your wall and it was there for like the remainder of the time that you spent there. It was there. <laughs> yeah. I like, and it was one of our friends from GameStop that got me that poster at like a, uh, I think it was E3 actually, if not, you know, something similar. She, she, she claimed that she thought of me while she was there and got it for me. And I was just like, I will fucking marry you. That woman was a saint. She, she was a saint. She ended up with, uh, with another of our friends that worked at GameStop and, oh man, that's, that's, a, that's a fucking, that's a fucking magical couple. That's a power couple. They're, they are saints. They're perfect every, in every way. But yeah, that Shimigami Tensei four, right? I do yeah. remember that prominently. That was you. <laughs> I, I, I am not shocked by this at all. You were very, that was probably the most excited I've ever seen you for anything. So, yeah. And you know, like I said, it's, it's not that I'm not at all excited or that I wasn't excited about apocalypse. Cause we had a lot of phone conversations, like trying to decipher shit, like little images that we saw and, and uh, e- even something as simple as like, why did they change the name from final to apocalypse? And Oh my God, there's rumors that they're going to include Yahweh as a fightable boss in this game. You think they're going to take it out when they localize it? Here's some pictures of the demons. They've got fucking Krishna. What the hell? You know, there was, there was so much good shit with apocalypse too. Like I I would, I would lump that in with Shimagami Tensei four if, if that's acceptable, but I feel like that's less acceptable than the dark tournament games just cause, uh, I I definitely had expectations for both. (laughs) So I actually had apocalypse on my list and I took it off because I was trying Mm. to make space for a couple more, but apocalypse was one that I was including because I I was was shortlisted. I, I was more hyped about apocalypse than I was the original because I didn't have as much experience. I'd only played the persona games and I remember you're like, Oh dude, they're so much darker and like, they're so hard. And you know, I remember we talked about it a lot, but when apocalypse got announced, I was like, Ooh, this looks really, really dark. Like, I mean, and from the, especially especially because Nana, she's like a Demi fiend character too. And I was very, I was very drawn in by that. Like they were making it just the character, the main character alone seemed w- more interesting to me than the neutral character in four. And so I, I really, I liked apocalypse. Uh, it, and I was very excited for it and I got the special edition of that whenever it came out. So that's a, that's a really good way to close out your list, man. Um, uh, I, that was a great list as a whole. 
all of yours were awesome. Even the ones I didn't understand or know about. I mean, you've got a really good list that you assembled there. So I'm going to go ahead and close mine out with one that is predictable. Um, but it's all faithful. It's all reliable. Um, kingdom hearts too. Okay. So I really, I, I didn't want to put two kingdom hearts games on here. But given the reason that one of the or given that the reason for making this list in the first place was Kingdom Hearts three, one of them. And so I was like, okay, here it is. And so I went ahead and did that and put it in. Uh, But Kingdom Hearts two, you got to realize I was at a buddy's house for his birthday uh, and he got Kingdom Hearts one the day it came out his birthday happened to coincide with the day the kingdom hearts one came out. You need to picture that like me and about seven or eight other elementary school kids huddled around a big box, small TV watching him play through the first hour or so of kingdom hearts. I was so drawn in by that game they all went in. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, you've got more gifts to open. And he, they were like, okay. And everyone like huddled to the main room for him to open gifts. And I was still sitting there staring at the television. And I saw the controller sitting in front of his television. And I was like, they're not going to notice that I'm not there. And I grabbed that controller and I played through. Like I started a new game and he probably hated me because I don't think he saved. (laughs) So I started over and I was playing through and he came back in. He's like, oh my gosh, how did you get to that part? I had no idea what to do. And I was like, oh my God, I figured out what to do. And so we, then we, I, so, okay. I played through kingdom hearts one, loved it. Magical. Okay. One of the most magical games ever played. I started seeing advertisements for kingdom hearts two. It was supposed to come out in December of 2005. Okay. TV advertisements go on. You got Utada Hikaru. Um, like, you know, I probably butchered her pronunciation, but she's a beautiful, beautiful Japanese singer. And, uh, she does theme songs for the games and all of the advertisements for this, uh, had her, her singing, right. And they're on the television and they're showing all the worlds and like new keyblades and like a new character and like double key keyblades, like, holy crap. And so the hype was real. I was stupid excited. Like I've never begged my family more than for anything than this game. I've mentioned that a couple times on this list, but kingdom hearts too. They knew I didn't even have to mention it. Okay. Like I went to them, they had seen some of the commercials and they were like, Hey, that, that new game that you're really, you were really into that first one. Like you loved that first one. And there's supposed to be a new one coming out, right? I was like, yes, yes. Oh my God. Yes, it is. It is coming out. Oh my God. Yes. And so they were like, Oh yeah, well that's convenient. We got it for you. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, Oh. And so I, I actually burned out a PS two playing this game. Like that's how much I played it. Okay. So I had, a, I had one of those old fat PS twos, the, the original models. And I had my PlayStation on playing this game so long that it burnt the PlayStation out. I had to get a new one. I got one of the slim models and thankfully I had a memory card and it was, it was good. So all my progress carried over. If there was a platinum trophy for these games, I would have gotten it. I did everything. I got all the ultimate weapons. I beat all the bosses. Um, I actually got into speed running it whenever I was younger before I, it was harder back then. Cause I couldn't watch people do strats on anything, but um, I wrote guides for it. I was obsessed with it. 
So this game, I was the most hyped for. It lived up to the hype. Unlike Kingdom Hearts 3, I don't think that it lived up to the hype. But Kingdom Hearts 2 was one of the best sequels I've ever played through. They did it right. It's a sequel done right. All right. Nice. Yeah, that one wasn't surprising, but it's good. Good to find games that live up to the hype and uh, can keep us excited for the future. Because we're uh, we're still waiting on on some games to come out. We're still waiting on what The Last of Us Part Two, Final Fantasy Seven Remake, Death Stranding, <laughs> Death Death Stranding. Uh, th- this will never be on my most hyped list, but Ghost of Tsushima. I'm I'm oh, still God, interested yes. in that. Yes. Um. Anything else? <laughs> I'm honestly just, I'm stuck in the past right now, man. I'm having a hard time thinking of the future. I'm being nostalgic right now. I got those rosy glasses on. (laughs) Yeah, we took a little trip down memory lane that lasted well, well beyond what most of our episodes do. I'm really sorry. You're going to have a hell of an editing job to go through. I don't care. This is a record. This is (laughs) a record for us. And I will remember this forever. I mean... It's special, you know, it's a two month episode, so it should be double the amount of time, right? Yeah, maybe this will motivate us to actually fucking do our shit in a timely fashion. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, yeah. I'm mainly mostly hyped for Death Stranding, and you knew that. I mean, I've been so excited for that game ever since it was announced. I was really hyped for Silent Hills before, you know, Konami decided to be a bunch of douche holes and uh, cancel it because they hate Konami or Kojima, even though Kojima is like our based God. So uh, I don't really know what that's about. Anyway, Death Stranding. It's great. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's Final Fantasy seven and uh, Last of Us Part two that I'm mostly waiting on. Like, I feel I, like Final Fantasy seven is going to be like the bigger hype for me. But I know the Last of Us Part two is much more likely to come out in the not so distant future. Um, so, you know, I'll take it one at a time. I'm really excited for both of them. I agree with both of those. Uh, final, everyone's going to be, everyone is waiting for final fantasy seven remake. It, it's going to, it's going to break records. That'll be the most, one of the most monumental releases that ever happened for gaming. They could, they could probably charge like anything that they want for like any kind of edition of the game. And they're probably going to make a ton of money anyway. Yeah. So, Yep. All right. It's closing time. (laughs) Wow. man. And I mean, it's after hours. I'm surprised we didn't get kicked out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that might, that might've been a thing if they knew that we were in. Get out of here, you kids. Get off my damn lawn. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. (laughs) We got some good names of shame this week. Month whatever you want to call this let's go with um i don't remember if this was overwatch or dead by daylight but we've got h2 homo (laughs) oh yeah i think it was overwatch man but it's funny h2 homo it's so people get so creative with this crap like you would never think of this normally i don't know what provoked this thought but it's great it's we don't we're not judging but it's a funny name. Funny uh, name. I just, I just appreciate names. Like it doesn't matter what, <laughs> how blasphemous they are. Yeah. You got the better one this week. That's okay. I 
found this one on Dead by Daylight. Flug the slug. Flug the slug. <laughs> it's stupid. It was it was funny. I saw it. It might have been because I was tired, but I was like, "What is flugging like?" <laughs> it's not flogging. It's flugging. Man, so. I I can't remember. Like we we had a name that was we had a name of shame in the past that was close to Bilbo Baggins. What, what was that? <laughs> I can't remember if we ever used that or not. Bilbo Baggins? No, no, no. It was close to Bilbo Baggins. It was like it was like dildo swaggins <laughs> <laughs> I think so I think that's who you're referring to <laughs> but I, I saw another name I swear to you like this was going to be my name of shame but I can't I can't remember where I fucking wrote, wrote this down it was like oh man it was like shaggins or swaggins it was it was great but I need to find where I put that Oh man. God bless all the Bilbo Baggins rhymes rhyme names. <laughs> oh man. It's one of my favorite sections of the entire show. But <laughs> but wait. How can it more. be my favorite? It can't be my favorite. We've got phrases of praise. Phrases of praises. <laughs> For whatever sounds right grammatically, I'm I'm kinda out of it at this point. Yeah, we need to wrap up. Speaking of wrap up, <laughs> my, my my phrase of praise pertains to um, I think we were coming up with like superhero names, but like kind of jokingly coming up with we we're playing Apex, I believe and we we're coming up with superhero names and Judge was uh, kind enough to respawn me and the rando we were with not once, but twice for both of us and picked our asses up off the ground a few times too. So yeah, that was a really, that was a really rough game. (laughs) I think we made it to top. We made it to like top two and we had like fucking nothing, like no armor weapons for shit. Like even judge barely had anything because he was running around trying to keep us alive. (laughs) (laughs) So he he was uh, talking about like, you can call me this. You can call me that. He was coming up with all these superhero names and somehow we ended up on, they call me the stillborn. <laughs> I think I recorded this clip too, so I don't remember the context, but <laughs> it's funny. And he was, uh, you know, he was pointing out like, it's ironic that I'm the stillborn when I'm, when I'm respawning you so often, rebirthing you people, rebirthing you times. Yeah, that was a good one. What about this next one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what the context for this one was. You said you didn't want to, you didn't want to skewer this episode or something. Oh yeah. We were coming up. I think this, I think we were coming up with, with phrases of praise and I didn't really have anything. So judge graciously offered me one that he had written down. And, uh, I mentioned do what? Uh, I don't know. It's based on something you said, like you didn't want to skewer this section or something. Yeah. Now that doesn't really make sense with the actual quote, <laughs> but, but the, the quote, the quote was maybe I want his affair to be a kebab. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. I don't remember this at all. This was only I don't like remember two where hours ago. Came from. Yeah. It was two hours ago. Holy crap. Yeah. We need to. All right. This is going to suck. Okay. So. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't even remember. There wasn't even a context. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there was. All right. I remember now. So as you know, if you've actually made it this far, um, we haven't recorded an episode since like the beginning of January because we're irresponsible and busy. And so one of the things that comes with not recording is equipment not getting used and being dirty. And so when we were preparing for this, Crow was trying to get all of his stuff set up and uh, he pulls his microphone from the place that it was stuck on his table from not being moved for so long. And he's like mumbling comments to himself about it. And I'm like, is it working? Is it going? And he goes, I just grabbed some cheap fucking Domino's napkins to wipe an inch of dust off of my mic. <laughs> I, was like, I thought that was that was funny. I was like, okay, you know, why not? That's that's the that's a phrase of praise, you know. It's <laughs> praiseworthy. It was very high quality Indian linen microfiber cloth from Domino's. <laughs> hey, from they the only use the best from the Silk Road. <laughs> Oh my god. Good stuff. Good stuff. Wow, we just we clocked in at just over the two hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say about how does it feel? This really is a milestone. I can say this, our our hosting site is not gonna be pleased. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have a lot of fun editing this. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Oh my god. We'll see you in another two months, I guess. <laughs> that's how long it's gonna take me to edit this episode. We can uh discuss the apocalypse at that point. Ah oh, man. Yeah, sure, sure we can. All right, we're not no dilly dallying. We're getting out of this. It's been a lot of fun. We hope that you enjoyed us talking about our most hyped releases. But hey, we wanna know can I do this right? Can yes. I do this right? We wanna know yeah, yeah. if you have games that you are more hyped for. We really need to know these things. And we have a lot of ways that you can tell us about these things. What you are can those reach ways? What? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be spontaneous. God damn it. What are those ways? Please tell me. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly. how. So you can get a hold of us at our Twitter, which by the way, we all have individual Twitters. Now you can get us at unlucky 13. Okay, that's Crow. And you can get uh, me at Judge Ruled. And you can get our main account at, at Real Podge Hodge. So, not to be confused with fake Podge Hodge. Nope. Fake, there is a fake Podge Hodge. Don't message them. Uh, interesting stuff on that page. We don't condone it. Um, so, uh, anyway, that's our Twitter. Or you can reach out to us um, through our email, which guess what? I don't remember it. So don't reach out to us. <laughs> Just reach out to us on our Twitter. I think it's a uh, podge hodge at wait a minute. I don't even know what it is. So, Hey, just in the fucking plug in our outline. <laughs> You're pissing oh. me off right now. Oh, oh, it's contact at podge Yeah. Reach out to us there or Twitter. Um, and yeah, listen to us on Spotify or iTunes. You're already listening to it anyway. So you're listening to it somehow, but Hey, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it's been fun. I'm the judge. We'll talk to you whenever we talk to you. Crow signing out. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>